0: The intensity has been turned up, but the battle is only beginning. Every game, every period, every shift means that much more. All that's missing is you. It's time to paint the Lone Star State victory green with your Dallas Stars. Be here to experience the excitement as the Stars make their push for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Get your tickets now at DallasStars.com. One state, one team, Texas hockey. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars. Here's your host, Daryl Razor Ray.
1: Well, hello. It's your boy, the Razor Boy. And with me, the Weary Traveler, the Central Division scribe, Mike up Mike, how was your week embedded with Jason Robertson's hat-trick circus?
2: It was fun. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, it's I haven't. Obviously, with my other health issues and all this business and COVID, I haven't been on the road that much. So going out there and and being in the building is a fun thing.
1: Yeah, well, what did you – the biggest one, I guess, was the afternoon game in Minnesota. We were – I mean, we've done some bizarre things, but we called that from the ticket studio off of computer monitors that froze up every now and then. But it is theater of the mind when you're doing – radio hockey and uh it was just it, it was bizarre i i was uh jealous that we weren't on television or there live to witness just the nature of that the games between the stars and the wild have been truly wild they've lived up to the to the hype with tons of goals and just uh just, head-scratching things that went on. But the game in Minnesota, for for obvious reasons, with a couple of guys who were born and raised in the state of hockey, Minnesota, uh, had big afternoons. And that must have been fun for you guys.
2: Yeah, and what's great is just to see them with their families. Um, It was a weird moment, but I'm walking out to the bus and uh, uh, Ryan Suter's dad is there talking to Jim Nill. And he was just so proud. And I mean, his his son has played a thousand NHL games, yet this was really special for him to be able to see his son play in person. And then you start thinking about, okay, well, how's that going to go for uh, Riley Tufty and and you know the families there and you know first time, and it just was really cool. You could hear the families when the the you know names were announced or when a play oh, really? was made. Yeah, you you could tell, and there were there were certain sections of stars jerseys and things of that nature. So you just they're all people and you realize that. But then you start to see just how much goes into helping your child become a professional athlete and all the investment that these parents make and and just, you know, how important it is to them. And and yeah. I mean we have kids ourselves and you know, you have athletes. Uh so it's it's just neat. And then to be able to like these kids in they went to the arena to see their heroes when they were 10 years old. And now they're playing there. It, that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, we were saying on our broadcast that it takes me back to when we had a ton of guys who were born and raised in Southern Ontario and we'd go into Toronto. And it, it was just, man, it, it was like rock star level. what was going on there and how important it was to them and how giddy they were to have family there and how excited the family was to see it. Uh, And the same thing out West, you know, with Jamie in Vancouver back when he was just a fuzzy face and, and how big a deal that was to play in Vancouver against the Canucks across the Chanel uh, from Vancouver Island, where he was born and raised. So yeah, it was, it was really neat. Uh, I was really happy for Riley Tufte. You could tell that, that Jake Ottinger had a little extra spunk in his game in that one playing in front of friends and family starting there for the first time. Uh, so that, that was great. Before that though, was the, uh, Jason Robertson show in, oh my gosh. in uh, Winnipeg. Um, uh, what was Canada like? I haven't been there in three years.
2: Um, it was, it was tighter. Uh, when we go to Winnipeg, it's basically hotel arena for me yeah. at least. Um, so well, you don't what, get
1: to- what it's different other times up there? Well, you know what I'm <laughs> you saying. You go through the gerbil tunnel tunnel to stay away from minus thirty and I know. So yeah. I
2: mean like if we would have been in Vancouver, if we would have been in Toronto or Montreal, like we're going to, it'll be different. We'll get more of the flavor of what Canada's going through right now. Um, mm-hmm. but it's definitely uh it was so funny because uh, uh Minnesota has done away with basically any mask stuff except for directly in contact with the players. So you're in the press box, no mask. You're in the, you know, walking around the city, no masks. Uh, so it is a little bit different. And then Canada What every I
1: mean, time you run across any hockey player, you have to s- strap a mask on, no matter whether they're
2: well like Pee-wee we, we,
1: or Oh, look at him, he's major midget. Get your mask on.
2: <laughs> we we want to take it's their the safety. state of hockey, Mike. It's the I, state of hockey. That's what they do the there. Consideration. <laughs> <laughs> But it was, I mean, it was interesting, just like, so you're in the, you know, I'm, whatever it was, you know, how the break room is there, right near the locker room. And so you're in the break room, you're not wearing a mask, but then you go into the locker room to interview the players, well, you know, you got to wear a mask now, which is fine. I mean, I'm good with anything. Tell me where, yeah. when, to, when and where to do it. But it's just, it's interesting how each arena and state makes its decisions on those, you know, matters.
1: Well, we we never come in contact with the players, so it's not really an issue for us on the road. Uh, (laughs) One other thing on Canada is... We deal with
2: a closet over in Las Colinas. (laughs) Yes, Mike. See see how safe you are. Uh, So you're sitting in the hotel room, you're just watching TV all the time, right? They have so much hockey and hockey highlights. It was wonderful. So I'm watching like the top 100 plays and I'm going like, oh, I didn't see that play. Oh, I didn't see that play. Like every play that has ever happened in the nhl this year they will send it out to you and say hey did you see this play yeah. and you're just like it was wonderful i mean it's just so much hockey all the time
1: yeah so they go to overtime robo notches that hat trick in in uh dramatic fashion we'll get to him in a second uh then the the matinee with the pulled goaltender for half the game from my buddy dean evison and how t- how tight do you think the sphincters were when they scored those two empty net goals <laughs>
2: when they were well, cruising the along? They had, they had seven shots at the empty net, and I mean, I know. what? Robertson I think missed I feel by a hand. Oh,
1: it could be a soccer net at the other end, and he <laughs> no, wouldn't hit it. He just right can't now. do it right now. No, uh, and then last night in Nashville, uh, you know, surprise, surprise, shocker, shocker. Three, you know, it's a two-three goals get scored at the very most. And the stars lose in Smashville. Uh, it was, it was one of those nights for me that Jamie Ben was great, and then and then he tickled them alive a little bit there. Yeah, because if you're watching the game, and Jamie was so important in in so many things, and he was jawing at at Genoa all game long. I don't know what was going on there. They've seen each other a lot here recently. Uh, he was instrumental in Klingberg's goal. If you watch it you know he he i think he took the face off on that side won it goes to the net uh pushes Grandlin out of the way ricochets in Klinger gets his first goal ever against Nashville in 36 regular season games and then he decides to <laughs> run Forsberg and 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 yet you could look at it two different ways like obviously you look at it now and you're like man it seemed like it woke them up and they were just they were dead. The Stars were cruising along with a near-perfect road game. But when it went four-on-four, four, they also had a break. Like yeah. Michael Roffel had a B-way. Now, he never scores on them. He knows that. We know that. And he didn't. They come down the other way. They score. And then they get that goal uh, with, what, a minute and a half to go in regulation. Stars get nothing out of the game. That That was the disappointing part because they should have... At least pushed it to overtime we all knew what was going to happen in overtime they were going to lose because they've lost eight straight against them past 60 minutes uh but it was just it, the way it unfolded was was uh, unfortunate i'll say
2: it was really disappointing and it, it i tried to convey that in the story today i don't know if i really got like they were it was a punch in the gut to them and you look at what they've done on the road and you look at what they've done overall and you look at the fact that they were right in it and it's not like they you know just had a terrible game oh no 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 again they got the rug pulled out and i mean this is serious stuff they really wanted to go above nashville in the standings and then they didn't and it's it's interesting because i i compared it to the playoffs and i I mean you've been through it where you know you're you're cruising along and all of a sudden you lose a triple overtime game and it's like the worst thing in the world and that's kind of how they were walking around after that one like they had just lost a triple overtime playoff game. It was that disappointing.
1: Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad they're disappointed. I know. They should be. Yeah, it, that's that's good. They, they have their expectations a little higher than maybe they were two or three months ago, which brings me to the run that our stars have been on. Where, where do you see the genesis of the sort of flip from what they were mucking with early in the season to where they've been i i've got a couple that i look at and things and i also have a caveat but i'll give
2: you the first shot at it if you want i'm gonna go with the weirdest thing and you're gonna laugh at me but it's positivity i mean before they (laughs) felt they felt negative things were gonna happen i really do believe that like they were it was almost like okay what what can i do to not screw up what can i do to not screw up and now they're like, all right, well, we're, we're good. We're going to be fine. And, and I do believe in that you can call it momentum, you can call it whatever, but when good things are happening. Don't
1: call it momentum. That's not you, real. You
2: don't think about the negative thing. You know, you think about the positive things. And I do believe that that has gotten into their mindset, especially on the road. Like they were, they were just waiting for bad things to happen on the road earlier in the season. And now they're not. Now they're out there trying to make good things happen.
1: Yeah, you're probably correct with all that. I I look at that five-game losing skid in what was it, mid-December? And then yeah. they beat Chicago in overtime. They they started they scored some goals and won, which they weren't right. doing. Like if they gave up a bad goal in the game or the opposing netminder was playing out of his mind, they they were not going to win. Like that was just a given. And then they they won 4-3 against the Hawks. And then they had that nutty game against Minnesota. They win it 7-4, chased the starting goalie. And then they win 6-5 against Florida. Again, these are – really, the league has been like this year. And to me, they sort of joined the league right. around that time. Uh, and then they had that rally game where they were down 2-0 to Pittsburgh and came back and beat them 3-2. to And to me, that that little quartet of games – Change and maybe it fed what you were just speaking of, where they started to believe that even if bad things do happen, like you go down two nothing to Crosby and the and the Penguins, you you can still roar back. Just keep playing, play. And beyond that, I look at the home loss to that dilapidated Habs team. Right, like they should have won. Yeah. Yes, and if poor Bones is talking like he always does. It's like man, he, he just looks exasperated in the post game talking about the chances they had and they couldn't buy one and blah. You know, but they, they get beat and Ottinger gets yanked in that game. And if you look at Jake Ottinger since that poll, yeah, they're they're getting the better at that position over and over. And I'm going to talk more about that later too, but. If you factor in the opposing teams that they've played against, and that's been part of the mix, and the goalie quality that they're facing, unlike they were making every goaltender look like he was a challenger for the Vezina this year. Right. And if you look at the last, I don't know how many games that is since that time, 20, 30 games, the opposing goalies sometimes have been phenomenal, but for the most part, they've, they've faced some pretty meh net minding the yeah. other way or they've made them look me yeah so that, that's my diatribe i'll get to my caveat in a minute but go ahead mike weigh in uh,
2: i think some of it also is fortune uh, i think they were not getting fortunate fortune the favors the brave it does i've watched that commercial so many friggin' times <laughs> but the past you know you don't want to sit there and say they're always lucky they've been pretty lucky the last yeah, they whatever have. six seven games you're like oh but that they didn't weren't go- and they the, were the, early they in the, the year. Worst they puck puck were luck. not. Yes. Well, the, they had the worst puck luck on planet Earth. Correct. And now it's kind of going their way, and it yeah. does make a difference. And and you know it evens out over the season, but um, I believe that. Uh, even even Jake, I love Jake, but I'm going like, oh, he got a little bit lucky there. <laughs> and and but when you feed that young energy like that with positive things and good luck, it, it does pay off.
1: You ready for the little caveat?
2: I love cave- caveat. It's
1: I don't know if it's a caveat or if it's just that Latin. It, it might be a truth, truth bomb, little no. truth bomb. But and it might not mean anything at all. It might just be part of the equation, too. You know, the X or the Y of the equation. <laughs> so overall, they are a league best, what, 11 1 and 2 in overtime? Correct? You don't even know. You're just saying no, that. You're assuming that I thing. know what I'm talking yeah. about. I think don't three assume three that. And- Something about the first part of that and me. So their record is six and five in non overtime one goal games. Great in the overtime one goal games. Right. You know they they've lost only once in three on three and twice in shootouts. That's how you get to the 11, one and two as you might find in a bacon lettuce and tomato sandwich BLT the record in non-overtime games period is 21 and 21 wow so look it's part of the it's part of the game you need to have game breakers we talked about this ad nauseum last year uh, how the the stars were missing certain personnel that would help them be better suited for three on three and and into shootouts and what have you. And as much as that that is true, the the thing that I think has has bopped them forward in overtime has been getting just phenomenal goaltending. They're getting that save and living to play a little longer and then spreading it around. It'd been a bunch of different guys that have scored that goal for them right. in either overtime or in, in uh, shootouts to win the game. But if you just, if you subtract that and I'm, you know, a lot of, te- Hey, look, the Winnipeg jets would love to just subtract that from the equation and go yeah. with the other, cause they've been horrible in, in overtime. So it, you know, last year it cost the stars a playoff. I was supply.
2: gonna say if you flip the numbers from last this, year, you could yeah, say this year if they would have just been five hundred, they'd yes, be in the playoffs.
1: Yes. This year it it is likely if they continue the way they have been, it is likely gonna be the main reason. If you if you just take everything and distill it down to what was the main reason why they finished with more points than that team, that team, and that team. Right. We're gonna be able to look past sixty minutes and go, There you go. They were good in we overtime.
2: Look, we look at numbers before every game, and I'm always looking down, and I'm going like, Minnesota's plus 23 in goal scoring, or Winnipeg's plus whatever, and Dallas is plus one. Or, yeah, I know. Or even. And you're like, oh, well, they're, they're not that great in that goal differential category.
1: No. all you got It's like uh, spinal tap. Yeah. You know, they just need to go to 11. Well, why wouldn't you just make 10 louder? Well, these go to 11. <laughs> They go to eleven, Robo. Yes. Okay. He, he hear me out on this one. He okay. is the most vulpine, venomous, slickest snot on a doorknob scorer that we have witnessed around here. And I will I will use this this uh, simile or or comparison lightly, but he he reminds me a little bit of Mike Ribeiro. Oh, in that, no. Yeah. In <laughs> he that, really does. Yes. And he's so slinky, and it it doesn't look like maybe it's going to turn into something that grand, and then it it just does. Yeah. So the overtime goal that the Hattie clincher at Winnipeg was everything he is to yes. me. You know, uh, the knock that he's not a fast skater, but loose puck, chance to score speed to burn with jason robertson right and i've known a few of those guys through the years even ribeiro like you'd watch him he he, i mean you'd watch him and madonna right and and yet if there was a loose puck in a in a tough area in that all of a sudden ribs would grab it turn shoot it find someone whatever it was and make something happen he He was, uh, Robo was deadly accurate while exhausted. And that, that is something that not all players have. No. Some guys uh, just, it, they just turn into a wet noodle when they're that tired. Yeah. And he uh, hit his mark.
2: Ribs yes, was the Mike, You're chomping at the bit. Go ahead. I was just going to say ribs was the master of the 120 shift, which is what I think. Oh yeah, probably.
1: exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking of. I was like, I was like, okay, R- Robo was out there forever. And that was that was only because it was overtime and he got caught and that Ribs took every shift like that back right. when he was here. I
2: remember Brad Richards is going like, "Um, you're using all my line mates up here." bud. <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh, but it was always part those guy and it, look, it's going
1: to kill you every now and then, it's going to be right. costly, but for the most part they they desire so deeply to have the puck on their stick when yep. it matters the most. And John Klingberg's in that category too. Yep. The desire to score, the desire to be that guy, the belief that they're gonna be that yeah, guy. that they're the
2: one that's gonna help the team. Puts them out there you know, forever. And Did you hear Jake's interview on NHL Network? No. He was talking, they, uh, they asked him, well, who's the best shooter in, in practice? He goes, I hate to say it, but it's Robertson. He goes. He just wants to score on us all yeah. the time. Yeah, and that's his mindset. Like even he'll come out early for practice. He wants to score. He'll sure. you know be there at a minute thirty in overtime. He wants to score. And it's just it it it's, it's in his DNA. He really like you said. He wants to be that guy.
1: Those guys used to it used to come to a head with me where they just annoy me too.
2: <laughs> I think they annoy Jake
1: a little bit too, and and then they'd get the lumber. Just send him a little message back the other way. What about the? I used to hate those guys. He, one? he he reminds me of those guys that, that during drills. And you're focused on what's going on and coming at you up the ice. And then these little turds would be off on the wall, <laughs> waiting for their shift, their their time, their go. And they'd flick pucks into the net in behind me. I like to keep a clean net. I just believed in that. You know, I didn't want to see any pucks in behind me. And then they'd sit there and they'd either. Try to bank them off my skate or my pad and just met it was dangerous you know you could step on those pucks in that but it was more annoying and then every now and then if it went too far and after i gave him a hairy eyeball out of the mask and that they might get the helicopter Might with that stick not gonna kill them i, I, never, I never threw it at their heads but no, just friend, friendly fire come on send send the send the message that way but <laughs> Uh, and and I, I was telling people the other day, watch warm up, and you watch like certain guys will come in, number one goalie, the, the starter that night, and they're just going to lay pucks into them and that. But then you watch, there'll be there'll be one or two guys on on every team, and they're the guys that usually are either jerks or they are expected to score goals or get paid to score goals. And you watch them, and they think warm up is for them, not the yes. starting goalie. <laughs> and Jason seems like he would f- probably fall in that category. He re- he he kind of resembles. Uh, just sec, I gotta. My daughter's calling me. Yes. Come on, <laughs> leave me alone! i in middle of a podcast and a diatribe here. Uh, he resembles uh, one of those car lot, uh gesticulating blow up <laughs> tube yes. guys, you know. To me. And Mike Ribeiro all at the same time. And Mike Ribeiro. He's a special talent. Who, who was the last non-goalie Stars NHL Player of the Week? Was it Pavelski last year? Did he get it when he went nuts at the beginning of the year?
2: Yeah, I would say so. He I was had trying a to remember there. who it was, but
1: um, I got a it's lot a, of-
2: It's a rare honor here in Dallas, let's just it say is. that.
1: It is. And we got a potential showdown on Saturday between two of the three top players of the week. Um, We'll get to Mr. Shusterkin here in a second. Uh, Hey, you want to hear this further to the Robertson stuff? Want to hear my razor-only, pandemic-truncated exposure rookie pinion from the Jubilee?
2: Sure, doesn't everybody. Want to hear it? (laughs) Huh? It's a lot of stuff, I know. I know. How can you not want to hear that? It's it's a lot of stuff, Mike. It's a
1: lot of stuff. The... uh, The 2021 NHL rookies are still rookies.
2: Interesting. Mm
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Just because the game's played?
1: Well, listen to me here. Hear me out and learn me later. They only faced, what, six or seven teams during that 56-game 2020-21 season. Not 30. They faced six or seven teams. That was it. They didn't see the league. They didn't play the league. The league didn't play them. They played in venues with limited or absolutely no fans in their rookie season. How 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 do you count how do you count what that was th- with rookies? That that's not a full rookie blossom. Ergo, the 2021 rookie class I am now naming or dubbing super rookies or ultra rookies this year. So Jason Robertson is an ultra rookie. Yeah. And a and phenomenal one. Yeah. At that, Kaprizov we just saw
2: three rookie. games against the star. Super in his rookie. Entire career. Oh my God. Isn't what does he funny? have?
1: 10 points? Yeah. And you're points? just like, what? Oh.
2: Three games? No, but they're in the same division. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> to my point, Mike, thank you. Yes. <laughs> what do you think of that?
1: Nobody's I think picked up thing. on this. That, no. That's why you come to the Podman Rush, because you get a higher level of analysis of what is going on in the world of hockey and with our little D-stars. Boom.
2: Well, And it's, it's interesting, too, because you do look at matchups and things like that, and, and does Hellebach not have a book on Jason Robertson? Because he hadn't seen him. You know, so then you're sitting there going like, well, here, Jason Robertson is just making fantastic moves against one of the better goalies in the league. And you're like, well, maybe that goalie doesn't really know that much about Jason Robertson. He hasn't really seen him that much.
1: Yeah, I I remember back in normal times when they would say, "Okay, a rookie would come in and just be spectacular in the early going. Uh, And a lot of times it was rookie goaltenders. And it would be like the first time through the league, so the first half of the season, they would they would just be spectacular. And for this main reason that you just said, you know, a lot of people just didn't, what, what is this? I don't have a book on them. What, what's going on? And then you could call it a, a rookie wall, but really it was knowledge. And that second trip through it wasn't as joyous as the first one. Now, some would plow their way through and, and get it done anyway, uh, but they're – you know, th- these guys that were rookies last year are still having their first go at some of these teams.
2: Yeah. It's interesting. Jason, I think, broke down the left wing some point in time in, in, in the Nashville game. And he was kind of... He had a couple steps. And boy, that D-man was just like, uh-uh, I am not letting Jason Robertson get in on the breakaway. Like, yeah. it was clear that he recognized who Jason Robertson was. And, I mean, he hustled up and, and chased him down. So...
1: Yeah, we... we- talked about it a lot last night the fact that that he got challenged to be better uh, more engaged, more productive on the road this season than what he was last year. They played right. 25 road games. He's going to play 41 this year. And uh, man, <laughs> I don't know what they I don't know what he focused on. I was going to send him a text the other day and just ask him that. Like yeah. what what was it? I know he admitted it at the beginning of the season when he was asked the question that he was tentative away from home he just he just was maybe he was expecting something more than what you usually see I mean it's not as meatball as it once was you go into you know foreign buildings and get run out of there and fans are all over you and that I don't I don't think it's to that degree anymore Uh, and maybe he just had to recognize that and once they do the epiphany light bulb goes on it's like man, I can do whatever I want on the road, too. And, and he has. He scored more goals in those two games on the road in Winnipeg and in Minnesota than he did the entire uh, first year. I'm not going to call it the rookie year. Right. The entire first year on the road with the Stars. He scored five in, in 25. He scored six goals in two games. two games. Wow. Yeah. You
2: know, the other interesting thing, and Jake talked about this, is that these buildings are full. And he said it was weird going into some of these with oh yeah no fans or 2,000 fans or whatever it was. So we are getting back to a little bit of normalcy where hopefully when you're on the road, you're motivated to shut those people down.
1: Or if you're at home like the stars who've been so fabulous at American Airlines Center, it, it, it amplifies everything you do that is good in the yeah. game. It just amplifies it. And it can. It, there's an energy that Stars fans bring in that building to the team. They know it. They feel it. And uh, they have produced because of it. I believe. Yeah. I really I true, agree with you. Truly do. I, I think when you get into some of these other, uh, like you, you were in Winnipeg. Like they were booing that Jets power play. I could. We yeah. could hear it. Like they were on them. And uh, yeah, look, the fans here have expectations too, and they've been. They've been on the stars at times, uh and and on their power play and you hear yep. it. But I think they're they're more eager to to uh pump life into the boys than to slap them across the face.
2: Eh, Would you, you agree with both. that? Yes. I, I oh, do Oh, you think do you need, need both. both. And I and enjoy especially both. Up there. I do too. Especially oh, yeah. up there. Like they had high expectations for this Winnipeg team. And then your coach quits in the middle of the I shouldn't say quit, just steps down in the middle of the no, year he, saying no no I can't, you're right I can't motivate these guys well if you're a fan you're like what you can't motivate
1: them yeah I know
2: I know so there was disappointment in Winnipeg let's just put it that way and then the other thing is is when they made that push to get to overtime I think they really thought they were going to come out with the two points and so if you looked at the faces of the Jets after that game yeah they had gotten a real punch in the gut yeah
1: yeah. Well, we're done with them. Okay. Um, and <laughs> we're done. We're, so we're done with Connor Hellebuck, which, and he wasn't very good, I didn't think, against the Stars this year. But look, we're, we're 56 games in here. And once again, goaltending is hockey. Another bold statement from it me is. this week. Goaltending is hockey. You can count all the other things that are important and get all giddy and excited and titillated about stuff, but goaltending is hockey. 97.63% of the time, the team that gets the best performance in the pipes, in the crease, in the goal, wins the game. That's a fact. Yeah. Like that that's a that's not a number I grabbed out of thin air or concocted. That is gospel.
2: Uh, the team we just witnessed. Uh, I really like them. I like their coach. I like all that stuff. But, I mean, like you talk to people and go, well, it's the goalie. And I'm like, well, it's got to be more than just the goalie. Go, no, Mm-mm. it's the goalie. Mm-mm. <laughs> and that's it. And you're no, like, they're, well, okay. They're, that's an average,
1: they're an average team. They're an average team. And they, yeah. they, they, they get a cattle prod out, I would think, every second game trying to get something out of uh Hanson, you know, like they, they're trying to get certain guys going, but they're, they're, they're middle and their depth play really hard. They, like they, he has them play really, really hard, but the reason that they're in the position they're in is they get absolutely fab elite net minding from one guy from, yep. and he's played, he's played the second most, uh, or started the second most games in the league in behind Hellebuck. Yeah. So listen to this Mike. The last 21 games, the the Stars are just 3-5 and 1 when opposing goalie save percentage is 92% or better. But they are 10 and 1 when the other goalie is 89% or lower. Now, I bet if you went through everybody and every team, there'd be a lot of the same thing going on. Right? B- yeah. b- because of goaltending is hockey. So Soros, <laughs> in the games against the Stars, the last two is save percentage, 957 and 964. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> you know, they lose, the Stars lose in Arizona. Wedgwood, 970. Flurry, uh, uh, although he got matched and bettered by Jake yeah. Ottinger, stopped everything thousand. Kemper shut him out at home, thousand. In, in the four losses and that double shutout at Chicago over the last 12 games, uh, that was the goaltending that they had to try to overcome. And Stars goalies, for, for their part, the only one game in the last 12 has their save percentage been under 90. You know, so they're they're getting really good goaltending, which has been a a backbeat or a backbone to the surge that they're enjoying. But, I mean, you can just run down the whole thing and just say, okay, what was their goalie's number? What was your goalie's number? And that's it. And the eyeballs tell you that a lot of these games, like uh, Kakanen was awful uh, to start that game and got yanked in Minnesota. Yep, Uh, Hellebuck I didn't think was great. In, in Winnipeg. Peterson, I didn't think, was terrific in Dallas for LA. Anderson started well, but in the end, you know, he was like 87%. And then you get Soros, then you get Wedgwood, then you get Flirt. Fran when they, you know, when Jake just absolutely outplayed the Colorado Avalanche, Fran was no good. He was 84% in that game. You know, uh, Hellebuck back at at Dallas was 886. Like, that's not good goaltending. That's how you lose.
2: Yeah. And it's this weekend, to...
1: this weekend, they're going to see Igor Shosturkin. Go ahead, Mike.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, it's funny that Rick talks about, well, the puck went in. And, and, it, and, you know, you're sitting there trying to analyze the star's offensive ability against the other team's goaltender. And, and he said, you know, earlier on we got great chances, but we didn't score. Yeah. So now is that, the other team's goaltender was great, or you guys just weren't that good at finishing. And I think sometimes they don't know. I think sometimes they just sit there and go, well, they're the players. They should find a way to score. And that's frustrating for fans to hear that, and I'm sure they're doing much more behind the scenes. But, you know, sometimes they're just like, well, the puck went in. (laughs) Yeah, we saw that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: I like it when it gets simplistic like that, though. (laughs)
2: That's right. But it's true. Like, you go through
1: stretches where, the opposing net minding is phenomenal yeah. and you are playing well, but you, you just, you can't buy a goal and you hit posts and he makes saves and there's broken plays with empty nets and all this stuff goes on. And then you get into a stretch where the opposing goaltending is very accommodating yeah. and there are pucks that go in that, that should get stopped and it feeds a little bit of confidence in guys. They start to go a little bit and you win some games. Through the the ups and downs, ebbs and flows and weave of a season, it probably evens out a little bit, doesn't it? Not? I think so.
2: Yeah. Now yeah, if you it, you know if you if have one of those team. guys,
1: but if you have one of those guys, and we're gonna see one of those guys this weekend, and the stars have had to deal with one of those guys in Tampa Bay repeatedly oh, in yeah. the last few years. Like I, I, maybe you need a Russian goalie. I don't know. They've got a very good young American here. We'll go with him. Yeah, we'll take and him. And deal with that. And Braden, I don't, I don't want to overlook Braden because Holtby played just sensational in that game in Winnipeg. they, they That's the other part of it. They should have been down by three or four goals in the first 10 minutes of that game yeah. in Winnipeg. He was that good. Uh, and so you, you look at, in the end just look at the game in Winnipeg in the and they won it in overtime and they again split three points you think you did a lot of gritty right things on the road and this and that yes in some ways but the thing that allowed you to state all that stuff is your goaltender played absolutely phenomenal and when they don't play well then you sit back and you overanalyze how bad this was and this needs to get fixed and that line needs to change and but do we need a better player there? Do we, you know, all these other things on one position. That's
2: yeah. why well, goaltending is hockey. The residual effect of Jake playing so well is that Braden was able to deal with whatever he's dealing yeah, and get himself to a place where he feels really positive, I think. And, and not that he wasn't before, but I mean, he was clearly struggling with yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And now it doesn't seem like he is. And so now if you're, you know, pushing this forward and you, you know, you don't want to anticipate anything, but let's say Jake hits a, a little hiccup. Well, I think you've got a guy there who's ready to go. And that is like the fact that Braden you know, has had this time to get himself in a place where I think he, he'll be ready to go no matter what. Is a really positive thing for you know this position of goaltending. It's kind of important.
1: Well, that's the big hope, and uh, the I guess the question would be, uh, can he, could he carry it for a little while where he's playing, you know, three or four? Right. Uh, is it is it health whatever he's dealing with? Is it is it healthy enough that he can maintain that, or uh, is is it good just every now and then type thing? He's such a proud guy and yeah. he has so much experience and I, I think you saw all that bubble up in that game. I hope he is feeling I hope he maintains this. Cause if they get if they get the type of goaltending they're getting right now over the final couple months, um, they're gonna be a playoff team and they'll be a nightmare for whatever team faces them in the postseason. They will yeah. be an absolute nightmare. Well, just what, look we, at he, this
2: division. Like, is there any team I mean, I know Colorado's up there and everything, but like is there any team you can sit there and go, well, this team would win that series? I'm like, no. I don't know.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Yeah. Well, even again, I'm sticking with goaltending. Yeah. Even look at Calgary. So the two games against the Flames, the Stars have played. And the Flames are a rocket ship in the yeah. Pacific Division. Offensive juggernaut. Right. The, the, their guy, their goaltender's been rancid in the two tilts. Yeah. He was not very good in the game in Calgary. Stars win that in overtime. He gets pulled in the game in Dallas, and Vladar comes in, Darth Vladar, and <laughs> seals the door, and they rally, and they beat the Stars in Dallas. But it wasn't their goaltender. No. And, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I look at everybody, and I'm, I'm like, well, they got a question mark there. They've got a question mark there. They've got a question mark there. Like, it's, it is not sealed. Where they don't have a question mark, though, is in net with the New York Rangers, who will be in town on Saturday. As we record this on Wednesday, Igor Shosturkin, his save percentage is 942 in 37 games. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe we've seen a guy this much more efficient than the rest of the league uh, average in that category since dominic hashek yeah Hashick's
2: numbers were so much better than his contemporary
1: well you look back in the in the late 90s he he was 937 the season he faced uh the stars in the final which, which is you know it's a, a sensational number but if you go back and look at how the game i mean how many scoring chances did he face a game he faced more because he spit pucks out and yeah. i don't know that buffalo was that shut down with lindy coaching them they like to go 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 um but a lot of the other teams i mean it was single digits and scoring chances every night like it was they like to call it the dead puck era or whatever the hell yeah. um nowadays th- this is th- this is truly unfettered a lot uh and these guys face uh some very difficult scoring opportunities routinely so him at, at that level now at 942, uh, almost you know 40 games into it is is phenomenal. D- just to put it in perspective, back with Hasich, he was 937. Uh, Eddie was 915, and Patrick Waugh was 917 that season. Yeah, that's a, that's how much higher his save percentage was than those two other Hall of Famers who had phenomenal seasons that year. Like it,
2: did he win it- two MVPs? Asik?
1: Yeah, I, I believe goal he did. Goaltending
2: numbers were like, it's hard for any goalie to win an MVP. But and going to be in the, if this yeah, continues, I think he should be too. Yes.
1: He, he will be certainly in the mix for MVP of the league. He has to be. And I go back to my previous statement about goaltending is hockey. Now, they, every year you could make a goaltender the MVP of the league, they're that important. Right. Uh, but they don't. They sort of just kick them over into their own category. Okay, you were the best goalie. Here's your Vezina. But it, sometimes they're the best, most important player in the league. And Shesterkin is showing that. So what a showdown between Robertson and Shesterkin on Saturday at American Airlines Center. The number one star of the week, the number three star of the week, the goalie, the sniper. It's all laid out for us, Mike.
0: It's I'll be beautiful. there
1: live. I'm live at that one.
2: Doggy. The, fans, the fans are the real winners here, Daryl. Yeah, they. Are. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. <laughs> uh, here's some
1: Rager. Uh, rager. It is rager. raging. You are raging. Uh, stuff I had prepared. I researched or pondered, but didn't get into the broadcast for various reasons. We sell a lot of stuff. There's a lot of promos for my bobblehead night stuff like that. Uh, Coach finds so bones Hines who were on the two benches last night, Rod Brindamore, all nailed with $25,000 fines this season. We talked about it on a previous uh, PR. John Cooper got ejected, the coach of the Tampa Bay Lightning, got ejected for verbally stripping bark off of uh, Wes McCauley. Yet, have you seen any uh, statement as to a fine for him? I have I have not, no. Like they were very quick to just go. Yeah, uh, Rick Bone uh, has been uh, fined twenty five thousand dollars for uh, conduct or whatever they they like to call it. That that money goes to the for, for harm to a stick. <laughs> yeah, well, that abusive stick. <laughs> abusive
2: uh, stick. But I am curious.
1: Like, if, if you if you go to a level that actually gets you kicked out of the game, what is the fine for that, or is there no fine? Was there no fine?
2: I don't know. I have to look it up.
1: I, I sent was, an email yet. Yeah, maybe I sent it to the wrong place. Trying to yeah. ferret Figure that out very on. important information out, and I couldn't do it.
2: <laughs> uh, well, and again, I keep going to the union. Mike, these are quick hitters. <laughs>
1: you can't keep interjecting, oh, but go ahead.
2: No, I was just going to say, uh, why does a coach get fined twenty five thousand? The player gets five. But it is what it is. Uh, the way the league th- is set up,
1: they're expected to be in control of their emotions more, uh, which is garbage it's who they, they need to start finding the broadcasters Ash. well let's hope not <laughs> i know they got they used to get really mad when when uh we in the broadcast world would just rip on refs all game long yeah but they didn't do anything about it they just they would call certain individuals out at the nhl meetings broadcast meetings we don't even have those anymore so uh, and i think for the most part guys have Tempered that. The old school guys used to just go nuts on refs. Uh, but now it's the coaches, apparently.
2: Yeah. Quick hit. Quick should,
1: I should trademark hockey hokey pokey. I should have that trademark. It should be on a t-shirt. Yeah. I I wish the stars would get away from hockey hokey pokey. <laughs> they put they put their right foot in to the playoff picture. They take their right foot out. They put their right foot in. And what do they do, Mike?
2: Shake it all about?
1: That's exactly what they do. They do the hockey, hokey, pokey, and they turn themselves about. That's – or turn themselves around. That's what it's all about, as Canadians would say.
2: In Dallas, it certainly seems that way.
1: That's what I mean. It's, I, there's it's,
2: other cities are the same way. I know, Nashville, but they, you know?
1: they are playing the hockey, hokey, pokey right now.
2: Yeah, they did last year. They did the year before whatever.
1: Yeah, I want him to just—I want him to get in there and waltz <laughs> in the dance. How's that? Ovechkin is about to tie Yager on the all-time goal-scoring list, or has he tied him for third? Did he tie I him last seen. night?
2: I was flying. He may have tied like, him. I'm traveling. I, I have a lot going on here. Dale. Don't you he have Wi-Fi? He may have
1: tied him uh, last night with seven, seven sixty-six or something like that. Crazy number, yeah. but. How how really awkward is that to have Ovechkin move aside Yager considering the geopolitical violence support et cetera right now? <laughs> like it's there's not going to be a lot of celebration I don't think from the Yager camp toward Ovechkin uh, in joining him. Um, it's just a weird weird time, man. Yeah, weird it, time. I mean
2: it is. It's and then you know all you have to do is go to their funny because you know so we're up in minnesota and we're seeing just how important family is to these guys well it's the same thing i mean yager wears his number because of the czech republic and right because 68 of, yeah and so and then i
1: i know i don't you know what it's a, like go down I a know, rabbit hole but i
2: don't know what it's like to grow up in russia but they clearly have a lot of national pride there that has been mm-hmm. i mean they're a huge country that's done a lot of great things so then when they get in situations like this then that national pride's going to well up and it's just it's just the really timing of this to have yeah.
1: Ovechkin and Yager you know side by each in this and yeah crazy times by the way Yarmer Yager was the Stars power play goal leader in 2013 did you know that
2: <laughs> i always go down the great list of hall of famers who Yager led there. the Stars in power
1: play <laughs> goals know. in 2013 he had 6 yeah.
2: Lindros, Jager, all the Stars greats. The only Stars
1: goalie with a better single season win percentage than Jake Ottinger right now is? Mike Smith. Roman Turek. Ah,
0: oh, dang. 98 I thought
1: 99. had
2: like a 12-2 and two record in there or something like that.
1: I, I think the, the, two, the two most underappreciated aspects of the Stars Cup year were the, the games that, that Roman gave them to rest Eddie and, and win in order for them to have game seven of the Western Conference Final in Reunion Arena. Yep. Uh, and he got he got some really tough assignments. He was such a good dude, um, just one of those perfect backups. And his secondary equipment fit me so that I could use some of it in practice in order for Eddie to have the days off to maintain his wonky back, so that he could play the way he did and lead the Stars to the Stanley Cup championship in '99. So you
2: basically, go. you were the reason they won. Well, a big reason why, Mike. Yeah. There's no not question. the reason. Just one of them. No, I, of the big- I
1: would not. I would not go that far. But I would. I would certainly put me. It, let's say it was a five-spoke wheel. I was. I was definitely one of those spokes. I How's think that? so. Yeah, uh,
2: you're good at this kind of stuff. I'll, I'll give you a, a little sidebar. But what did you think of Roman's mask? Like, I thought it was hilarious—the one with the tongue hanging out and everything—from the Iron Maiden me- metal band. Yeah, Iron Maiden. And yeah. I just thought, like, of all the weird things you think about with Roman, that's what I think about—is that mask.
1: Well, just think if if they allowed the players to to decorate their helmets, are are very subdued. Uh, paragon of excellence Yuri Letnin would have had some kind of a slayer uh emblem on on his helmet back in the day.
2: Would have Crazy. brought a whole new fandom for him.
1: <laughs> Maybe. The uh I am I I still I like it. I hope they never change it, but I I still don't understand how they allow goldies to just basically put almost whatever they want on their masks. Yeah. And yet everybody else has to be uniform. Huh. Again, goaltending is hockey. Uh, and finally, Mike, is this the most un-Canadian forward group the stars have ever deployed?
2: Hmm. Lots of Americans in there. I'm joking.
1: There is they're driven by a lot of Americans.
2: Yeah. When you look at the I mean, technically that second line is still Ben and Sagan. But yeah. I mean that's
1: Well, that's, that's it a, for Canadians. Yeah. Ben and, and Sagan.
2: Then, yep. And then everybody even the role else players.
1: is Everybody else is from other locales. Finns, Americans, Austrians. Love
2: those Austrians.
1: Yes. Like it's, uh it was just uh, something I stumbled upon. I've had we a lot to, of free we need time. You need to get Mike. more
2: American, I think, don't you think?
1: Well, now that I'm American, I agree. <laughs> I agree, Mike. Get Baby. rid of those greasy Canadians. USA USA I'm dual I'm dual uh and I'm done for another week Mike you, you can fire off uh I- any of your final HSOs if you'd like but I, I'm done I'm tapped I'm, out
2: I'm tapped out too it was a fun road trip uh the one thing that that I guess uh, is really important is the fact they have fixed this road problem uh because it was a problem
1: because they're and gonna now, play a lot of road games oh my
2: gosh like, you get two one game homestands, and that's it. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to, you know, Canada. Like, look at new this. York, look at this.
1: California, Toronto, Montreal. Seattle. The new building with the Islanders in Belmont. In Washington against Ovechkin and the Caps. Although they always win there. Yeah, man. They, they kill always that. win there. Yeah. Then they go into Carolina. Have they had a good season or not? I haven't followed
2: them. They're much. okay. <laughs>
1: Then they go out to the West Coast and play the, uh, at that point, very it would be past the trade deadline, just playing free and easy, rebuilding Anaheim Ducks back-to-back. Yep. They go into the Shark Tank and play San Jose. They go into Seattle for the first time, and they they are going to play hard and free on home ice. They go into Chicago. Then they go back to Western Canada and play in Vancouver,
2: in Edmonton, and in Calgary.
1: Thank goodness they finish up with a four-game homestand with yeah. some winnable games in there because they might need them.
2: Well, and it's funny, had they had the negativity, like I say, I keep talking about positivity or whatever, like they would have dreaded this stretch of game, and I don't think they do right now. No, I I, I, like, yeah, I agree.
1: That's we a good can point. do this.
2: So, that's that's that, an interesting point. I just think a lot has changed. And what are they eight three and one or something like that I, in their last uh, however many road games it is? I don't it's, do It's the really stats. impressive. I know. You and your
1: numb. I don't bother with stats anymore. Positive. Otherwise, look, remember this, Mike. I'll leave you and all of our Podman rushers with this. If you're, If you're going to live by any words for the next week before we do another one of these, don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. Peace, everybody. Peace.
0: You've been listening to the Podman Rush with Daryl Razor Ray, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things stars, visit DallasStars.com or download the official NHL app today.